0: Welcome to Leading at the Point of Sale. I'm John Occupendi. I'm an industry veteran in the startup world, venture capital, and I'm CEO of a company called Naturebox. This podcast is dedicated towards leading people and navigating tough headwinds. Whether you're the commander of a large tanker or skipper of a small startup, the decisions you make will be the difference between sinking and sailing into calmer waters. My job is to be curating interviews and in the best of the best from Silicon Valley, providing valuable insights and tactics to help you on your journey. Let's get started. Welcome everyone back to Leading at the Point of Sale podcast. My guest today is Angela Wong. Angela is a Senior Director for Talent at ServiceNow. She's a veteran of the HR and sort of people business having worked at uh, Salesforce, LinkedIn, Yahoo. So I'm super excited to have Angela on, on today. What's interesting about ServiceNow is ServiceNow is, is a software company that's in the business of automating workflows. And one of their mottos is making workflow. And I can imagine during this pandemic and COVID, everyone's business processes are completely turned up upside down. So interesting from a business perspective, but more importantly, ServiceNow is growing dramatically close to 3,000 new employees just this year alone. And that is quite a challenge. So Angela, what a time to be an HR professional, huh?
1: Yes. Hi, John. Thank you for having me today. Um, And yes, it has been quite a phenomenal year in so many different ways. And um, we have actually onboarded almost 2,000 employees uh, since March. So uh, definitely, you know, a lot of learnings and a lot of, um, new ways of working that we have been, uh, trying and experimenting with.
0: Yeah. So 2000 employees that have probably never stepped foot into a service now sort of cultural office space. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So how do you, how do you do that kind of onboarding and, and how do you kind of retool, uh, as an HR professional kind of really helping the company, you know, bring new people into like that kind of environment?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, as you said, we um, make workflow. And so our tools are definitely um, a huge asset to us as a company in terms of being able to create a really integrated, seamless experience for um, all of our new hires coming on board. Um, The the nice part about that is we had this solution prior to COVID. And it's only um, kind of reinforced how important it is to have a great um, kind of first experience with the company as um, we have all these new people joining. And a lot of that is around um, how do we make sure employees feel like they know what's coming up, right? Give them comfort that um, we're as prepared to receive them as they are um, coming on board t- uh, to the company. And and that's really, I think, been helpful um, in terms of giving employees confidence that they've made the right choice.
0: So pre-COVID, Angela, what was the onboarding process like? Was there a sort of a, uh, let's fly you into the office? And what was that day like? And then today, is it just you know uh, a workflow app on our phone? And then um, you know, I get my computer, it's sent home. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of juxtapose those two different experiences?
1: Yeah, I would say from a um pre and post covid onboarding experience uh it's fairly similar. We always made sure that um employees received their equipment, you know, if they were if they were coming into an office for onboarding which is um our day one orientation, uh definitely you were getting your laptop uh during that day. You were going through your um orientation, learning about the company and the culture. But even before stepping foot, as soon as you sign that offer letter, um, you know, you uh, get invitation to um, download our app and everything from for your onboarding is done through that app. And so it's a very seamless experience. It tells you what's coming up, what you can expect, um, where you need to go for your day one. Um, all of the different checklists are in there and things are pushed to you in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then you'd show up for day one orientation and go through, um, you know, learning about the company, the culture, meeting your uh, new cohort of new hires. And um, what we've done post COVID is just taken that experience um, online. And so now everybody gets their equipment shipped to them. It usually arrives um, a day or two before um, day one. And then everybody joins, you know, a video call and they spend, um, you know, a few hours together having that similar experience. Um, But we've really tried to amp it up in terms of, um, you know, the guest speakers that come in to talk to the organization um, to, um, you know, really ensuring that employees' questions are answered as well both mm-hmm. the corporate level, but also locally, right? As um, we have people joining from all over the country and you know, all over the world.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We can all do that with Zoom. I mean, uh, my company too, we're experiencing any kind of onboarding is just a totally different experience, but um, thank goodness for uh, being able to do these Zoom calls. Explain a little bit, uh, Angela, how you you know processes and technology is one thing, and it's great right and yeah, and you guys are in the business of doing that, but you need to kind of complement that with a little bit of a human touch. Tell us about what you have done to kind of add to just not just the technology but um, uh, put a human touch onto uh, the onboarding process
1: one thing to to just remember is. It is such unprecedented times, right? And we are all, every company is trying to figure out what are those um, right touch points. What is the right experience to bring your culture um, into the digital age, right? We often think about culture as a in-person experience, um, and I think everyone and us as ServiceNow definitely is thinking about how we can, um, you know, ensure that we're creating those cultural experiences and moments in a um, digital experience also. So I think one of the things that we really have done, and this goes beyond, I would say like our onboarding team, but just at the manager level, how are you ensuring that this employee who's never met you in person, who hasn't met a team member live, except on video during the interview process is going to really feel Um, like part of the team, how are they going to um, be introduced to the team norms and, you know, what's expected um, as part of, you know, being an employee at the company. And so um, one of the things that I think we've really doubled down on and, um, you know, have talked to our managers about is ensuring that those new hires have a buddy, right? I think it's, um, this is not a new concept, But one that becomes even more important as we have so many people joining remotely, how do they ensure that there's um, a person available for them to ask all those questions? Before the questions might have been, which way is it to the bathroom or Mm -hmm. where's the break room, right? And now the questions are more around um, what are some of those operational norms that we have? What are the key meetings that I should be a part of? Um, you know, what are the, the resources that I should be reading to prepare myself and, um, really having somebody beyond just the manager to, you know, be part of that onboarding experience and making the new employee feel welcome, I think is pretty, um, crucial. Mm -hmm. Every, everybody wants to know that one they made the right choice and two, that they feel like they really belong. And in order to do that, we, we really need to, um, you know, wrap, wrap our new hires um, with some real love and attention. And I think yeah. that's, that's something that we've really been trying to focus on.
0: Now, many companies have provided their companies perks. You guys have a perk up program. What are some little tips and tricks that you guys have done over the last nine months to kind of help keep your employees engaged and motivated?
1: Yeah, I think because it was such a um, quick transition to you know going into the office and, and then going uh, completely remote, um, there were a lot of things that were unexpected, right? Uh, it was unprecedented to all of a sudden have um, parents and their kids working and going to school together at home. It was unprecedented for a lot of employees to all of a sudden um you know, who employees that may be single or live alone, to now really feel maybe a little bit more isolated than they had in the past, and also um, a lot of employees who may um, be primary caregivers for their parents or you know aging relatives that now have a much more difficult time really being there for them. And so we have really tried to support our um, employees through um, our perkup program, which is um, you know, a stipend that we gave employees, and this is a global perk that we provided, which help employees to really, um, focus on wellness for themselves and their family. Mm -hmm. A amount of money that we gave, um, that people can, you know, purchase exercise equipment or they can get a subscription to, you know, Headspace or that they can use for, um, Daycare purposes, um, if that was you know something available to them, right in their in their local area. Um, really, we know that every individual is going through something different and may have different needs. And so again, that flexibility and choice, but also letting the employees know that we're supporting them and meeting them where they're at um, has really been um, you know a key focus. Yeah. The other thing that we've done is um, we've, we've really upped the conversation at work as well. So, um, having more wellness seminars, bringing in experts, um, into, um, the company to share with all of our employees around, you know, tips and tricks on how to, um, get through this difficult time, um, has also been something to, you know, really equip our employees with more support and resources.
0: Yeah. It, it's been such a crazy year. I mean, both, you know, politically, uh, emotionally, uh, working from home, you know, the balance and, and the blurring of our family lives into mm-hmm. just, you know, put right into our work life is like, uh, is kind of crazy thing to think about. I thought a really interesting conversation that we had pre pre, uh, this, this interview is that you were talking about how people are making life decisions, uh, with their families, elderly. Uh, making moves, you know, uh, yeah. physically moving their location, and how that impacts sort of uh, coming back to work. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: One of the things that we have seen, and definitely as I talk to my colleagues um, in the industry, we're seeing this across, you know, every every company, um, every geography, that um, people are prioritizing their personal life needs um, maybe more ahead of the work needs. And maybe that was something that, um, didn't happen as intentionally before, but we're definitely seeing that today. We have employees, um, you know, in stories that I've heard of people that have needed to move across the country because they didn't have daycare and they couldn't, um, you know, daycare was shut down. Mm. They needed to work. Their families are across the country and, um, they needed to make that decision. And and, you know, luckily there's the flexibility to be able to, you know, do your job um, you know, remotely at this time. Um, I think there's been people that have needed maybe some more extensive time off because um they do have aging parents or relatives who are maybe um not local or maybe even in another country, right? Especially in our industry, there's a lot of um you know, immigrants who, whose families are still in their home countries. And we've had people that have really needed to, um, to take that time off and and care for um, aging, aging relatives and, and, you know, relatives that have, um, you know, been impacted by COVID. So we're, we're really trying to, um, you know, I think as a, as an industry, but also just as a world, we're really trying to figure out how do we meet people where they're at and what, um, what does that look like? Because every individual, like I said, has different, um, needs right now and we can bucket them into, you know, categories. But again, when you start to talk to, talk to them about their situation, you find out that, you know, there's always something different and unique. And so, as leaders and managers, um, how do we stay curious and, you know, be um, open to to learning and understanding what's going on?
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because like the, the the needs now of our employees, my employees too, are changing. Some of the life yeah. decisions that they made this last year should, you know, will impact like maybe where they're living this coming year. That's right. When people are trying to get back into into the office. Do you think that there is, um, you know, the executive leadership of most companies they want their employees close. They can mm-hmm. manage by walking around. Um, you know, post pandemic van- vaccines right. are now getting out as we as we speak. Um, you know, um, that whole transition two thousand twenty one back to the office. Do you think that there's a gap between what executives might want and what employees might want? Uh, and there's even st- surveys that have shown that like eighty percent of employees would love to work at a hybrid, like work from home part-time. What kind of challenges do you think that that poses and, and what are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, this, this is definitely a, um, topic, a hot topic amongst, um, you know, all of the HR professionals that I know as we think about what it means for, um, our, our company and our population. I think, um, I think that the, that gap is not as big as, um, as we might expect. I do think that um, leaders, you know, again, when you think about our pre-COVID world, um, those ideas are sparked often by that casual conversation you have with somebody that you run into in the break room or, you know, um, that hallway conversation as you're passing by through meetings. Um, And and I think we want to continue to find ways to foster that and definitely think that um, you you get a lot more energy and spontaneity when you do have people in person. However, I also think that um, employees, there's definitely a huge contingency of of employees that um, do wanna be back in the office and with choice and flexibility so i i think that we will see a lot of employees that will want and ask for you know maybe i'm going to be in the office three to four days a week maybe um you know i some weeks i'll be there five some weeks i'll be there two, depending on you know what my life needs are now as well but
0: Mm -hmm. there will
1: be those big meetings where we may want everybody there for that um, brainstorming and collaboration, um, but I think it's, we're still trying to figure it out as we go and what is that right balance? And um, we have proven in the last nine months, I think just holistically um, in, in, in many companies and certainly our own that um, we can still be innovative and collaborative um, remotely. It it just takes a lot more planning and effort than it maybe um, did before when we had more spontaneous interactions.
0: Yeah. It's like, like how do you, you know, there's certain structural inequalities that could happen when some of the people are working out of the office and the other half are, you know, sitting in the room with the boss and like uh, reading the body language. You know, 70% of communication is this body language. Yep. You know, unless I'm like staring at my screen really hard to watch your body language, you know, go off camera, I might be at a disadvantage uh, to my peers, like uh, sitting on this, you know, sitting in uh, my, my remote, my remote office.
1: Pre-COVID, we, not just um, our company, but many companies, there's this sense that um, being in person really makes a big difference, especially when you're sitting in that, team meeting and you you have that person who is remote on video and are we giving them an opportunity to talk is there you know are we keeping them looped into that conversation and dialogue um what what i have personally experienced um in the last nine months is um i i have really appreciated everyone being on video right it's kind of been a an um an equalizer and in a post-COVID world, what will that look like? What are kind of those working norms that may shift because of the things that we've learned um, during during this past year? I think we may see um, a decision to have, you know, hey, if we're going to have team meetings and we have people that are remote. Maybe we, we're all on video, right? Um, maybe we, we come up with new social contracts um, within our teams in terms of, how best to support people that way. But there is still very much um, my personal opinion that we have to be aware and vigilant of that because it is easy for for us to um, have that kind of out of sight, out of mind mentality um, that I've seen, you know, in my, in my 20 years of um, being in HR, that, you know, if you're not intentional, that can definitely happen.
0: Yeah. It's like this, this idea of being present and always like, uh, you know, it's the, it's the HR people's uh, people leadership responsibility to kind of help both executives figure out how they need to be more attentive to some of these communication issues and also working with the employees. Do you ever find yourself right in the middle, (laughs) like kind of trying to explain to the execs what they need to do and and really, you know, uh, help and, and, and empower employees? Like you're right in the middle. Yeah, this is probably all the
1: time, every day. I think that's the, um, that is the business we're in as HR business partners. And um, what I have found time and time again um, with, you know, every leadership team that I've worked with, um, and especially with the leaders I've partnered with um, at ServiceNow is they really are um, listening and looking for, um, you know, that input and that insight. Um, they're looking for recommendations because they know that, um, they only see a certain, uh, slice, right. Or a certain view of their organization. And, um, the more that they get real input and feedback, um, I think, you know, the really great leaders, they take it in, and they act on it. And so often I am saying, Hey, well, did you think about this? And, um, you know, maybe the experience of our more junior employees are going to look different. What are some of the, you know, ways that we need to support employees at different levels differently, or even, you know, people with different personal situations differently. And, um, and I would say that, um, at every company I've worked at um, leaders really want to understand and hear that. Right. Everybody wants to do, do right by their organizations. And so, um, but it it is a tricky spot to be in sometimes.
0: Yeah. It's funny. There's different leaders have different styles, you know, the the leadership style of sort of conquer the hill, you know, perseverance take, you know, no prisoners versus those that are more uh, listening oriented collaboration and so forth. And you really, To maintain and retain your employees, you you, sometimes you need to adjust your own instincts that may not be right. Uh, It was funny to like the other day I was uh, on the phone with uh, my uh, CFO and we're talking. I said, "Yeah, we could go through through those numbers." You know, um, you know the uh, this next Thursday, she goes, "Oh, that's a company holiday, John." It's like, "Oh, sorry." (laughs) You know, so my my own instinct to work, you know, night and day. Sometimes I need to disconnect and show the, you know, the, and lead by example by actually disconnecting. And, um, and, um, that's not always easy, right. For, and, uh, pay attention to that.
1: No, no. And I, I will say that it's so, it's so appreciated by the employees when they see, um, leaders who are setting that tone and setting the example of, um, taking care of themselves right yeah. it gives it gives them permission to to um take care of themselves and their families as well
0: so i have to commend you folks i mean to bring on that many people in such a short period of time is pretty phenomenal in in, in its own right but like bringing them on virtually is even uh, seems kind of crazier to me mm-hmm. There's, there's got to be. I mean, my daughter has just uh, graduated summa cum laude of you know her university, and uh, she would be uh, normally like recruited in a heartbeat. But her life experience is going to be very different going into the workforce for the first time. She may be still working from home. It's probably depressing for some of these, this younger generation. How are you guys dealing with that, or do you recognize that as an issue?
1: Yeah, I think it's something um, I personally think um, about a lot. I started my career in um, campus recruiting and, you know, onboarding and hiring, um, you know, amazing talent straight out of university. And um, I, we, we actually had a really great internship um, season this summer, and we we switched over to um, all virtual.
0: Mm-hmm. Instead
1: of canceling our internship program, we switched to all virtual. And in the the organizations that I support, um, there was really positive feedback from those interns. And I think um, it's it's a challenging time for them. Uh, you know, the social connection is so important uh, for for this population. Right? They're coming out of school. They had this built-in social. Um, network and now you know they're hoping to find that same social network in the workplace and and often they do and now it's all virtual and how how can we be more intentional um, as as corporations to help support them right to help them stay engaged to also teach them what it means to to be uh, working you know in corporate America right I think at least when I think back to to um, starting out, I learned a lot just from being in meetings and observing and um and having that ability to um you know have exposure to yeah. different leaders and now we i think every every company has to think about how do we get more intentional about that, how do yeah. we create those um those social connections, and maybe the on site perks are not gonna be as high value as they used to be, right? The ones that we hear about in the press all the time, right? The free food and the snacks and the this and the that. Um, What does that now look like in a digital experience? Or, you know, how do you balance that um, when when I think now we're all going to um, be more flexible in where people work and how they work?
0: That's super interesting. I mean, NatureBox has been doing this corporate snacking thing, and um, we're finding people really across the map. Some people are bringing, um, you know, filling up pantries at home for those employees yeah. and uh, bringing them to the office, but they want that flexibility. And uh, they really don't know what's going to happen in 2021. So right. having that flexibility is critical. Kind of if we look forward, uh, right now, you know, they're, we're just seeing the first vaccines being shipped, and, and, um, you know, 2021 pretends to be a great, a much better year for all of us. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about 2021? And, and uh, what do you, what advice do you, would you give uh, other people leaders, um, you know, for this next year when people are kind of possibly coming back to the office?
1: Yeah, that is a great question. And I think um, for, for me, I really believe that we are all Figuring it out as we go. And we will continue to do that through 2021. Um, I think, you know, what will office reopenings look like around the world? Uh, As you're seeing, different companies are um, having different timelines for when they want to welcome employees back into a physical location. And once they do, what will the workspace look like there? Um, So I really believe it is um, flexibility and choice. That's going to continue to be key and a focus for all employees, I believe, um, at every life stage. And um, I think for people leaders, their focus um, needs to continue to be around um, leading with authenticity and also with consistency, right? Over communicating, really helping employees to know um, what's happening at the corporate level, but also at the team level. you know, keeping people informed is, um, a great way of just providing some, some comfort and care so employees know what to expect. And I think we have to continue to double down on, um, you know, that, that personal connection and really helping people to feel like they belong, you know, at this company and, um, and at every company, at any company that an employee is at. And so, that that's what I see for 2021.
0: That's fantastic. I I uh, I think that I love the term and the thought of authentic, you know, gratitude and authentic leadership. Mm-hmm. And um, we're all going through this together. And I think this last year gives us all perspective on how grateful we are for the normal yeah. thing. And uh, being able to get some normal things back in our lives is going to be a real shot in the arm, so to speak. <laughs> no yes. pun intended. So. Um, Angela, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate that. We should uh, check in once in a while as we go through this next year. And um, I think your advice to other uh, HR people leaders and executives across Silicon Valley are going to be well appreciated. So thank you for your time and um, hopefully have a great 2021.
1: Thank you, John. This has been really fun.
0: Thanks for listening. One final note before we cast off is I want to thank our sponsors, which is Naturebox, dedicated to providing engagement, wellness snacks that can reduce stress in one's body using adaptogenic plant-based ingredients and services to really help HR departments and executives motivate their teams with these wonderful perks at home. Don't take it from us. Take it from some of our big customers, Google, Facebook, and others. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.